The Green Tutors Podcast is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to support our show and avoid annoying sponsored segments, we encourage you to join our growing Patreon community. Find out more at www.patreon.com forward slash Green Tutors Podcast. Thanks for listening, and now, on to the show. Well, hello. You guys, you guys won't believe this, but... Um, You're quitting I YouTube. I don't believe it. What is that? Hard... Oh, it's water. water. Hey, me too. Look. Hey, nice. look. Me too, Gatorade. Oh, Today's that's got episode way too much sugar in it. Is sponsored by water. Sponsored by Gatorade Zero. <laughs> I I am really trying to cut back big time. Yeah, me too. And, this today was like the hardest thing ever because I, I just love having beers while we do the podcast. Yeah. And I just didn't do it. And now I really wish that I had beer, but you know, <laughs> some might call that alcoholism. <laughs> I almost had a beer tonight. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, but I decided f- not to. How funny would that have been though? If like the <laughs> night that me and Ben decide to come to the podcast without any booze, Sedge, Sedge actually thinking. brings beer to the podcast <laughs> without us talking about it at all first. You know, I, I just figured that I'm at like meth. I'm already doing meth. So like I should probably just <laughs> quit drinking. You know, so. Right. Right. <laughs> I like doing you meth. You don't want to do I, I'm trying to be healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Math is great. Math is excellent. <laughs> meth. Oh I, oh, I actually did. Oh, math. Okay. Sedge, I actually did have a question for you. Uh-oh. Did you know that a pie costs $2.50 in Jamaica, but only $1.75 in the Bahamas? Okay. Why is that? <laughs> it's the Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> That's actually good. So, <laughs> oh my god, we get we get dad jokes funny. all night. We get Holy dad god. jokes god. all oh night. Oh my god! So, <laughs> Nicole, as as I was going in the bedroom last night, she was already in there and we're getting ready to watch our TV show, and and she sits there and you know scrolls through TikTok and stuff, and she always comes across these things, and she says that to me. And I stood there with this dumb look on my face for a couple of minutes, or a couple of seconds, and then I, I don't know why, but that that has been on my mind all day today. Oh my god! I was god. like, I'm totally doing it on the podcast tonight. How many times have you practiced today? Uh, twice. I actually uh, checked with her again just to make sure. Oh, it's funny. So uh, we've talked about my star major, who is a huge fan of the podcast, uh, by the way, like listens to him the minute they come out, but. He opens every single one of our, we have like a weekly meeting that we do. Um, and it's like a thing now where he opens it up with a dad joke and he had the dumbest dad joke ever uh, the other day. And it had to do with like drilling wood and it's boring, but attaching two pieces of metal together was quite riveting or something dumb oh. like that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just standing in because my my office is actually in the same conference room and I'm standing in the doorway like that was the worst thing ever. And he looked at me and he said, you better not use that on the podcast. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) That was a terrible joke. Yeah, it was a really bad joke. You should really uh, do better. 
And I mean, with all due respect, that was a terrible joke. And I do mean with all due respect. <laughs> and I mean with all due respect. <laughs> it's in the Geneva Convention. Uh, I, you shouldn't tell jokes. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason why people are laughing is because you check their NCOERs. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yep. Everybody sh- write that one down because um, it's going to be a big deal. Right. Jason, oh my God. did you my see um, did you see Spagnuolo's stories today? I have not. <laughs> he goes on a um, a few segments where he talks about the the language that influencers use and like what it actually means. Oh, I gotta watch him. <laughs> it's it's so funny and like right <laughs> as it ends, um, Rad Rodriguez just like. Pretty much everything that, that Mark Spagnuolo said, Brad Rodriguez just like throws it right back in his face with a story. Uh, it, was, it was funny. You got to go check I'm it gonna out. Have, yeah, I'm going to have to check it out. Um, God, there was something I wanted to ask you guys, and now I can't remember what it was. Hmm. I don't know. Must not, have, must not have been very important. Hmm. So wh- what do you want to do? You want to go over what we've, been, what we've had going on? Yeah, why not? Yeah. Since this is a regular episode, yeah, R- regular. I mean, tonight's topic I don't I don't think will take up a ton of time, but maybe it will. Who knows? Who wants to go first? Said you go first. Okay. I always like to hear what you did during the week. Whew. just a lot of work prep on my day job, getting ready for a big show coming up. Um, uh, I'm actually prepping this week for it because next week's kind of a short week because we're going out on the road on Wednesday, ne- uh, Thursday next week. Going over to Hatfield Tools show. A lot of people have been contacting me about it, saying you're going to be there. And I can't wait to meet everybody. We're going to do a Fest Tool Live on that Friday at noon on the stage. Plus, I'm doing another stage presentation on Saturday. You guys ever been to Hatfield Tool? No. no. I really oh want to go. Oh, my God. It is the most it's the largest, I think it is the largest hardware store in America. The tools, the tool area is unbelievable. They have everything, but they, they are the, like the largest car hat dealer in the Midwest. Uh, Green Egg, uh, Traeger. Uh, oh, it's just, it's just astronomical. The largest uh, John Deere dealership uh, for uh, residential in, the, I think, America. It's crazy. How far away is it from Patrick and Michelle's house? Uh, one hour, hour and a half, if that. And then also kind of nearby is also kind, but I really like how I have been there. Yeah, I've been there. Uh, I've been there a couple times, too. So it's a great place to go. They got a great lumber yard, too. So I'm really excited. Um, I'll be Would working you? the I'll be working the uh, the uh, tool show all weekend, uh, all weekend. And but I'm driving home late Saturday night. So. I'm I'm stoked, but here at the shop, I accomplished something last weekend. We shot f- uh, a video of it, and it, it all happened because I think of you, Jace. You kind of inspired me a little. You gave me those uh, Kerf Cut dogs. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, of course, you guys know I have a couple of MFTs in here, but I also have that Veritas workbench, and the Veritas workbench um, is uh, bored out. All my dog holes are bored out at three-quarter. So what I did is I started to rebore them at 20 millimeter because, God, you know um, Festool clamping elements and you know that that one that's cammed? Mm-hmm. I love that thing. And, I, and I've always, you know, 
um, back in Fort Lauderdale in my shop, my cabinet shop, I had a set that I milled the um, the dog part of it down so it would fit in that bench, but I left it there with my business partner, Mikey. So what I did is instead of doing that, I re-bought out my whole Veritas bench at 20 millimeter. Now I don't have to worry about going back and forth because those three quarter dogs I have also fit in the 20 millimeter because they're spring loaded. <gasps> That's what I've been up to. <laughs> no, but I'll, I'll tell oh, you what. I, I like that breath wanting, at the end. I've been wanting to do that and I don't know why I just didn't do it. And that frustration built when I started, I wanted to use those kerf cut uh, dogs on there. And I said, to hell with it. And I just read the board. I used a, um, a step drill to do it, and it worked out flawless. So you'll nice. see the video. It's coming out, I think, tomorrow night um, or this Thursday night. But that'll be already posted by the time this podcast comes out, I imagine. Yeah. For sure. For sure. What about you, cool. Ben? Uh, I made this, um, audio listeners, this doesn't really do anything for you, but I made this um, sustainer workbench behind me. Oh, yeah, I saw that. So that's the first one, and I, I'm going to make another one. I picked up more plywood today to make a second one that will go in the corner. Oh. Um, and so I, I made that over the weekend. I've also been doing a lot of drainage work in the yard. Um, yeah, I've seen that too. That took up a whole lot of – I mean, that was my entire weekend. Um, so that, but that's, that's, I feel really great about that because it's, it's moving along. I've got all my downspouts hooked up now. Now I just need to do the rest of the French drain. So I'm hoping by this weekend I'll be finished with it. Um, so we'll see, but been changing things around in the shop. I took my Conturo top off, switched it out with an MFT top. So now I've got two MFTs, um, as my my workbench so to say and I, I really like this setup it's i have it set up like as an l so it's i like how it is right now mm. and um just kind of cleaning up the shop and and getting rid of some some scraps that i just don't need and um yeah i'm, I'm starting to feel a lot more organized the, all the talks that we've had or the podcasts we've had about shop organization shop layout i just kind of look at everything that i have and <coughs> I, I feel like that it's it's starting to round itself out and become a really good space to work in. So, yeah, that's I have a question for you and about sport, that, yeah. that bench that you made, uh, that's behind you. So I, I know you used the, the new slides, the plastic slides that you can get with the sustainers, the new sustainers, right? Yeah. The gen threes. What about the bottom though? Are those, are those, um, sustainers that you actually have to get into or did you just put them under there to get them out of the way? No, so those are the ones that, that I use not all the time, but I use them frequent enough. And they're, there's enough clearance so that I can just lift it off and pull it out. And then the ones that are in the drawers, those are the ones that I use almost every single project. Um, right. I was, just, I was just curious because of the way that it goes back like that. I was wondering if that is like an issue that you have to like bend over all awkwardly to grab them. No, no. Unless the only time I have to pull them all out is if I have to get the one that's on the very bottom. But most of those are the empty sustainers that I don't have anything in anyways. Right. That's what I was wondering, if, if there were really anything that you're ever going to have to pull out. I like them, though. I like the idea of them. Yeah, and that'll – so I – the next one I'm making is for the older, the SysAZ drawers, which the, the measurements are not that different. 
Um, but I, I kind of tweaked the design a little bit. And so that's what I'm, I'm going to make a video for that for my YouTube channel. Um, what? Yeah, I don't, I don't know when it's going to come out because this is um, final season. So I, I have my senior thesis this semester, and all these are due within a month. So Oh, wow. It, it's going to be iffy when this thing comes out. So I have to shoot it, like, over many, many sessions. Um, but that will be the, the next one that I have coming out. And it, it'll also be – this will be the first plan. And, Jason, don't get mad yet. This will be the first plans that I have for sale on my site. Is for oh, jeez. And once I – I've been working on the plans for the last few days, um, and I looked at all the plans. Of course, plans you have. You, well, I looked at all the plans that you sent me. Of, of course, you have. It's not you know, it's not like anybody's paying you for your time for your own plans. I mean, it's whatever. <laughs> but I need to learn the software how to. There's a big learning curve in, in making plans, and it's it's not it's not a very straightforward process unless you pay for it. Um. So I'm right now. I'm playing with SketchUp. I think that I'll I'll probably look at at Fusion 360 to see what it's like to design there. But um, I have an idea for what I think my style of plans would be, and that I think would work well. But um, that's pretty much all that I've been been up to this week. What about you, Jason? What have you been up to? Uh, random question for you, real quick. Your CMS. What router do you have in that? 1400. Okay. Um, why are you gonna pick it? You gonna pick up that one from Woodcraft? Pick it up, Jason. I don't know, Sedge. Let me ask you a question um, before I get into what I've been doing. Um, can does the can the Festool CMS have a router that's not Festool attached to it? Um, I am not aware of that. <clears throat> you mean like putting a Dewalt on it? Yeah, just like it, something yeah. that's not a festival. I do not think so, because I think the way the, the, lift, the lift the lift works oh, and how yeah, it goes up yeah. and down, it will yeah. not work properly. Yeah. And then I would assume that a different company's plate won't fit in it, because I'm sure that festivals is proprietary, correct? Yes, correct. Yeah. No, the only reason I was asking that is because I've talked to you about, you know, I want to put the router and the MFT and like build my own thing. And I was thinking about doing the OF 2200, but uh, I like the ability to adjust things from the top as opposed to having to reach Anyway, it doesn't matter. That's a, a conversation for later, but I was just curious, Ben, cause I didn't know if you had the 1400 and also have the 2200. Um, no, I haven't, I haven't felt the need to get the 2200 yet. I don't, I haven't, I'm not, I'm not going through th big enough materials to do that. I'm still working with a lot of sheet goods stuff that's 18 mil and less oh boy yeah so the 1400 is more than enough for me for now oh for sure my my mindset behind it is so i don't have to take it in and out when i want to use the 1400 you know what i mean yeah so anyway um what have i been up to well i took the acft this morning oh how was that oh the acft it's the army combat fitness test it's the new physical oh. fitness test well new. for the army it's been around for for four years yeah, well, it's still not a thing. Oh, are you um, serious? Yeah, there's it's still it's still in diagnostic phase. There is there it wasn't even it wasn't a record. I, I've taken it multiple times. Um, we just took it today because you basically do it for like legitimately do it twice a year now because <coughs> it's so labor intensive to set up and yeah, it's manpower resource intensive. intensive. Yeah. Um. So we did that today. And that was a lot of fun. I don't know if you could tell by the 
by the tone <laughs> the in my excitement. voice that I did not think it was fun. Um, surprisingly, I actually did a little bit better this time uh, than last time. But uh, I did that. Another big thing happened today. My new MacBook Pro came in the mail. Oh, snap. I haven't even taken it out of the box Today, yet. Today's the 10th. Holy crap. I know. They said it was going to be the 17th, but it got here. I got a message today while I was at work, and it said, um, your package is on the way out for delivery. I was like, no way. Um, <clears throat> so I haven't messed with that. I'll probably mess with it a little bit tomorrow, but um, I have not been doing any woodworking at all. I mean, the last three or four weeks have been nothing but guests here on the weekends um, Leo's birthday party. It's been great, but I just have not had any time at all to do anything. And the little bit of time that I have had, I have been dedicating to YouTube, um, which is great because things are going very well on YouTube. I released that video the other day, uh, which is the best video I've had. And I don't even know how long I can't even remember the last time, uh, that I had a video doing this well. Um, well for my channel it's like trash for some of these other channels which is mind-blowing to me um but it's doing really well so I, i've just been trying to put all my time in that it's it, it's just kind of getting frustrating because like i want to do stuff i want to build stuff at the same time i don't want to sacrifice time with nicole and leo you know but you shouldn't yeah this is a busy time of year you know with and this weekend's another good example like we're going uh, me, Nicole, Leo, Sedge, uh, we're all going to um, Patrick and Michelle's. Mm -hmm. So that'll be another weekend again that I'm gone. Next weekend, we will actually be here uh, not having any uh, house guests or visitors. And then the following weekend, we'll be doing Thanksgiving. Yeah. Boy, and I then can't short believe that's here already. I know. I know it's nuts. Mm -hmm. um, but on Christmas break, so... The plan is, is that next week, because I actually already have this week's video filmed, uh, ready to pu be published on Sunday, a couple fu uh, finishing touches tomorrow morning. I'm actually going to come out here and do the video on the castle pocket hole machine, which will already be released when this podcast comes out. Um, actually it'll be released the same day, uh, I think, cause it'll be next week. So, um, I'll be doing that video, which has been a very long time coming, um, I should be filming that tomorrow. So what that means is like next week, I don't really have to be out in the shop like filming anything in my free time. I am actually going to start Leo's bed. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. So, but which we still have to find a mattress for because I need to make sure that I build it to the correct measurements even though most mattresses are kind of standard, but they're not all the same. So hopefully in the next couple of days we'll get that figured out. But um, other than that, I mean, not much to be quite honest with you. Yeah, you're, <clears throat> there hasn't been really any stories lately either. No, like last week. A lot of uh, yeah, last week I didn't. I didn't do any. I just, I don't know. I just felt weird. It, we were just we had so much going on that I just didn't get time. So, I love doing stories, and typically I'll always try to maintain stories. But what sometimes what worries me is when I go these long periods of time, um, you know, three four weeks without actually building stuff in the shop that, like. I don't always, I feel like I'm just saying the same stuff every day in the stories and I don't know how beneficial that is. So, um, that's kind of why last week and I, just getting everything ready for Leo's birthday party was just a madhouse. So, um, it was a lot of fun though. 
Yeah, saw Sm- Sedge jumping on the bouncy house. Yeah, it was oh a God. lot of fun. I didn't watching see him Jason do it. on it though. I went in once. That thing is a smoker too. I think it's no we're, joke. We're starting a, a bouncy house uh, company. Yep. Sedge and I. Guaranteed money. It's guaranteed money. Called? What's it's, it called? Sedge's Bent House. <laughs> I like it. I know you do. That's an yeah. accurate statement. <laughs> and that will fall under the conglomerate of, of Sedge's Bent Tool. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> no, but seriously, we actually did talk about it. And th- that business structure is actually genius. I mean, yep. get 10 of those things. And you'll go through the spring and summer months and be completely booked out constantly. Pay some guys to to go set the stuff up. I can't even imagine. Halfway through, all your overhead's been paid. Oh, yeah. Until a tornado comes through and takes a couple kids away. It's okay. I don't think people would be bouncing in a tornado. Our liability clause will be broken necks are not our fault. Oh, yeah. I had to sign sign a, a liability release form and all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. It was a lot of fun, though. It was good. All the kids had fun, it looked like. Oh, yeah. It was great. Yeah. I'm just I'm just so ready to, to cut something. I mean, this is just... <laughs> I'd like to start the bed and actually have it done by the time we get to Christmas break, which is a stretch, but... Um, How long are you taking off Christmas, Christmas break? Two weeks. Okay, cool. Me too. Yeah. It'll be like the 20th, 18th or 20th of December till like the fourth or something of January. Um, During that time, we actually want to do the, the, Oh, I do have other big news. Actually. I'm sorry. Um, We'll be doing the uh, laundry area. We want to rip out that wire shelves and I'm going to build a a whole strip of cabinets across the top and then uh, do some tile like backsplasher and then replace that sink that's in there with like a nice sink. And so we'll do that. Um, Anyways, the news was, before we were we were talking to a home builder, well, we have reopened that discussion, um, and possibly next Thursday, um, we're going to go to the second meeting. Sedge, that I told you we had the first one, but the second one never came around, and we yep. were kind of wondering what was going on. Yep. Um, well, they reached back out to us, and so we're going to go try to go look, view their model home on Thursday, and then I guess in this meeting it's you basically go in there and you say like what things you want oh, cool. um what what things are important to you the floor plan that you're interested in maybe some of the modifications that you'd like to make and then they'll go back and basically give you a budget per thing based on what your wants are and then you kind of know from there like okay what do we need to scale back you know where can we go from here type deal um so interested to see how that turns out. Yeah, for sure. I'm excited you, about that. Can you tell them to like not do trim work or not install vanities? Mm-hmm. Like, it, will it still pass like building code inspections without any of that? Trim, yes, because I, I can't imagine that trim is a is something that they're inspecting to ensure that it's in compliance. Um, they're going to check like it does the plumbing work. I don't know if you could get away with not having vanities in there per se, because I would assume that part of it is like a water test and making sure that there's no leaks Things and all that kind of stuff. And all that stuff. Now, what we can do, and we've talked about this. So, you know, Nicole would like, does like the idea of a basement. Um, 
she, one thing that we talked about was instead of them finishing the basement, framing it and leaving it unfinished, like wiring everything, but leaving it unfinished. And then that's something that we can do later on and work on and make our own and do the flooring and all that stuff. So that would save us quite a bit of money. Closets, you know, don't worry about the wire shelving. Don't worry about any of that stuff. Just leave it empty. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll build it. Right. Um, but there's also a part of me that's like, I can't imagine those things being the, the stuff that really cost a ton, but if it's the deal breaker between getting the kitchen we want yeah, and having closets and be within our budget or me having them build the shop, mm-hmm. uh-huh. you know, so we'll see there's there too many things would have to go just right for this to all work out oh, yeah. to what we really want. Um, but if we're spending that kind of money and we obviously <laughs> have a, we have a, a budget, but if we're spending that kind of money, it's like we also want to move into something that's moving ready. We don't want to do a ton of work. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. But we yeah, also but want I'm, what we want. Yeah, and I'm, I'm thinking about like all the little discoveries that you had, Jason, when you're redoing the vanities. And even even in my own house, like fixing things. I mean, my house is 50 years old. But, I mean, there, there are just so many things that I'm like, why why would they do it this way? Like, this is so shoddy or cheaply done or like when i was taking my my deck apart it's like this is terrible like who who built this you know Mm -hmm. right like everything looks great on the outside but once you start peeking around on the inside you're like oh man well that's the thing that really worries me and i mean in all fairness to the trades like everything costs a different price for a reason right so Mm -hmm. I, w- I think we talked about this. I pissed I pissed some guys that you could tell were like in the trades off when I did that post about the vanity and the backfill and all that stuff. And some guys were like, well, you didn't notice, did you? It's like, yeah, I didn't. But that's not the point. Like the point is, is you know, is there is there any pride in the work? But then at the same time, <clears throat> excuse me, I also have to side with them because if a general contractor is hiring these guys to come in and do labor, and they're paying them crap. Yeah. Most guys, it's their livelihood. So they're going to do whatever trick or technique works for the amount of money they're make, getting paid. To make up for that, yeah. Right, because they have to get on, they have to do that job and then get out, right? Um, and as long as it beats, meets the builder's expectations, it's no problem. I think that's the bigger thing, is what the builder the person that is overall in charge of it and inspecting it and all of that, what he's okay with. Um, And then I think the more reputable builder you have, the better people they're going to have on Uh, payroll to do the stuff. You know what I mean? Now you're talking. Because those guys who have pride in their craft will not work for a hack GC. They will find the right guy to work for or sub for. And that's why it's, I think, like pulling your deck apart or pulling that vanity apart, and, I, and I'll say it because I've been in the trades, <laughs> there's, there's such a lack of pride because these guys really are not prideful of their trade. They are, I know so many people in the trades, or I did in the trades, that hated what they did. But it but paid the bills. But it paid the bills. Yeah. And that's and then you and then you find that one guy, that one builder that has these guys 
who do impeccable work and then you work with them and you understand, oh, these guys love, they're passionate of what they do. Look right. at Nick Schiffer. Right. And all those guys he has put together, treats them so well. Those guys are so prideful in what they do. That's the type of people we need to keep going with here in the trades. God, it's just I just love the work that those guys do. They Nick they Schiffer. do amazing work and I'm I'm sure that they're paid very handsomely, but you know, to ca- or to go on the on the flip side of that like you know, there's a reason why he's building, doing multi-million dollar renovations and building multi-million dollar homes. But yeah, then you have the people like me. It's like, okay, I want to buy a home and and on an acre of land and my budget is $500,000. And they're going to be like, okay, here's what we can do for that. Is it going to be the same standard? No, <laughs> because it's not a $30 million home. Does that mean you're going to get a crappy home? No, it just goes back to, you know, I could, I could go with a, a builder that has a bad reputation in the area. And I'm probably going to get bad results mm-hmm. because they get away with it. Or I can go with a, you know, for me, I think I'm more in like the upper, lower to middle range. Um, I th- I think it's not until you hit like that 750,000 mark. Cause we actually met with a realtor and the real, real, uh, realtor said, what's your budget? This goes back to, to woodworking and, and doing your business, right? Ask that question up front. It tells the person a lot. Uh-huh. She asked us what our budget was, and I said, it's this. And she goes, okay, well, I can put together a list of companies that uh, have made a good name for themselves and are within your budget. Um, but some of these other companies around here, they wouldn't even think twice to even talk to you unless it's a million dollars plus. And I'm like, okay. And then you look at their pictures, and the houses are just incredible and mm-hmm. amazing. And, you know, you get what you pay for, but at the same time, like, I feel like there's there still has to be that balance. Yeah. yeah. And it's... It's just a shame. I know that this isn't the topic tonight, but interesting conversation because it is it is very nerve wracking because mm-hmm. like I know Nicole's going to be watching this build. If we do it, if it all works out, she's going to be watching that build like a hawk and yeah. she's going to be in there like, what's this? What's that? Right. And I'm looking at it from a different perspective. Like, you know, I see what's acceptable and what's not like if there's things that are blatantly not OK. And it's like, why are you doing that, right? But <clears throat> I, I don't know. It's it's just hard. Like, it's really scary to to think because I think when you're building, you're building your own custom home, meaning you're building a home that you want to be the house that you live in for a very long time, right? Mm-hmm. It's so different than just looking for a house that already exists on the market. Yeah, because with it. With a home that already exists on the market, you go into that with the understanding that there's going to need to be work done. It's not exactly the way we want it. And if you find something like that, congratulations, because it's probably it's probably never going to happen again, right? It, it's like we have compromise, found, compromise is easier in a, in a home that's already built. Correct. Yeah. But whenever you're deciding, you're like, oh, crap. You know, now it's like now I'm the one that's deciding everything. Yeah. It's like I'm paying for this. Like this is my dream home. Like I want you to, to do it. But at the same time, like, can I have, can I have million dollar home expectations on a $500,000 budget? No, but that's where this meeting is going to come into play. And they're going to say, we understand that you want X, Y, and Z, but you could probably only get X and Y. Yep. You know what I mean? Jason, just slip him a $5 bill and be like, Hey, yeah, just take a little bit off the top, buddy. Yeah. 
That's uh, did I mention that I'm an influencer? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Hey, I can give you guys a shout out on YouTube if, uh, if you want to take yeah, it's a no big deal. Off, you know. I mean, I can go ahead and document this whole thing if you want to uh, maybe upgrade my appliances. Let's just say that. <laughs> so anyway, we'll see. I think I think Nicole and I's uh, eyes are bigger than our stomachs in a lot of things. Yeah. Um, and I have a feeling this meeting is going to kind of bring us back to reality a little bit. So. Yeah. I'll be sure to talk about it uh, on the next podcast, but I don't want to waste any more time. You might have to start about stripping again, Jason. That, yeah. I mean, that that was good money. It really Those was. Old, old, dirty men pay really good. Pay really good for me to put oh, my clothes back on. Oh man. Yeah. Anyways, Sedge, what's? It's your topic tonight. So okay. if you, uh, if you could, please tell our listeners what our topic is going to be, and then. Uh, Whoever you want to go first, it's uh, up to you. Okay. So I gave this some thought, and a, uh, it's a question that I always get at work, and I wanted to post it to you guys because I'm interested to hear what your – because I know we talk about Festool a lot. What is your favorite Festool tool? And tell me why. Why is it your favorite Festool tool? I am going to start with okay. Ben Marshall. My favorite Festool is the one that I just used. Isn't that the cop-out answer? The last one I just used, that's my favorite oh, tool. Oh, very that's good. The one, the one that's in my hand at the time. <laughs> Mine's I, clamp. No, yeah. that's not a tool. That's an accessory. Um, it's an element. It's an element. It's an element. Uh, that's that's the a conversation says. we might the have to come back to. Happy. I would consider oh, a clamp oh, a tool. Oh, 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 okay, but at Festool, I'll... Talk work. We call I, tools, I, I got tools you. Yeah. and accessories and consumables because that is a future question because that is my favorite question that I get. What's the one accessory that you can't live without at Festival? Yeah. So maybe that's in a, a month or two we can I can ask that question again. So My favorite Festool tool is the HL850 planer, hand planer. By far, that has always been my most favorite one. It's not the most used one. It's not the most impactful one it's just my absolute favorite tool to use from festival why why <laughs> i don't know man it's um i was i was thinking about this all today like what my answer would be and for me uh i think the best answer is it is to me it's the most creative tool like um if i i, I can carve any not anything but you know, it's it's a very freeing tool to use because you're you're in complete control of where you go with it, what you do with it. Um, there are so many varied uses for it. You can chamfer things, you can rabbit things, you can um, you can scribe lines, you can cut miters, you can just all different kinds of things. And that's just with the straight knife blade or the straight uh, straight head. You've got the the three different um, textured heads that you can use with it, and so there's just there's so many different things you can do with it and and you know i say it's a creative tool because it's in your hands you can control you can you can manipulate it in any way that you want a track saw you're, you're limited to lateral movements or you know parallel movements um yeah i mean out of out of all the festival things that i have to me that's the that's the one where if I want to like experiment with things and, and figure out how can I make something uh, unique or 
look different or stand apart, the HL850 is the one tool that can do that. Um, I, li I like that. That's actually that's an interesting point. You know, I was yeah. I was I was it's, playing with with one of the the rustic heads, and that is such a cool head to use because you can use it in a, in a room that you know is going to have raking light. And if you position that furniture, you know, depending on what you where you cut it, you know, uh, I was thinking of like um, on a table leg or on an apron or a stretcher. If you if you cut it in a certain way, especially like in my bedroom, the sunlight always comes up in my bedroom. So in the early mornings, there's a huge raking light that comes through. Well, if I position, you know, a, a piece of furniture right, that those lines are going to get broken by that that raking light, and it's going to uh -huh. look really cool coming through the window. And you know, I've thought about I haven't experimented with, but I have thought about you know picture frames. How cool would that be? Because under normal diluted light conditions, you're not going to be able to see that there is that that undulated surface. But again, under a raking light or, you know, um, that f that feature is going to be more prominent. And it's going to it's almost like that that particular piece of furniture is changing almost, yeah. um, you know, and I think that's, you know, that's why chamfers are such a cool accent because of how the furniture catches the light in different ways. It draws your eye to it. And with the HL850, man, you can do a chamfer like that. You know, with a router, you have to change the bits. You maybe like with mine, mine's always on my CMS. I have to pull the CMS out or, you know, my MFK, it's always set up to do edge banding. So, you know, I, I have to change things around if I want to get a quick chamfer on anything. But with the HL850, I literally just pull it out of the box and I can go because it has that, that notched um, foot in it, you know, that notched line in it that you mm -hmm. can just quickly do a chamfer on it. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I was thinking today, if you had to, if you had to describe something to the wall, you know, the, the traditional um, thing you would do is you would, you would scribe the piece of the wall, get a jigsaw or um, a really aggressive sander, scribe that, that line, and then put a slight miter to it, right? So that way you can butt it up against whatever that surface says, that uneven surface. And you know, instead of having to worry about getting a jigsaw and, you know, getting the angled base or, you know, even though that we don't have the RAS anymore, if you had a RAS, you could just sand that, that edge down to that miter so that it would cope. But you can do that with the HL850. You scribe it with the jigsaw and then use the HL850 to, to chamfer that, that edge so that it can fit against that uneven surface and, and, you know, cope right uh cope well up against it but um i don't know man. i know that's a really long answer but it is just such a fun thing to use mm -hmm. makes a lot of chips quick don't it oh it does it oh, does yeah. but, but <laughs> destroyed my bathroom with it <laughs> <laughs> and i was i was trying to think today um because i've had the hl850 for uh, three three and a half years now there is not one time that i have ever choked that thing out it 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 just cuts through everything like butter because of that shearing cut yep um and i've done all kinds of i've done um locust i've cut locust with it oh wow That's yeah it's rock and i mean i'm sure that it dulled the blade a little bit but um even at the even at the deepest setting now now feed rate has a big part of that 
but again i've i've never messed around with it use it at all and had that blade get stuck or bind or anything it just like i said it just cuts through like everything um i'm really disappointed that that festival discontinued the bench unit oh. uh, i i have one it took me about two years to get one uh, oh, yeah i about, just threw a bunch of those away oh that's so <laughs> that's so unfortunate i gave one to leo so he could hit it with a hammer <laughs> That I have good. one, but, but like I said, it, it took me about two years to find it. Every week I would go to the festival owners group, not the Facebook one, but the actual website. Um, and I was just constantly in the classifieds um, or doing searches for the bench unit. And again, after about two years, I finally found someone that on the East Coast that had one. Um, and I'm sure that I overpaid for it, but when you're looking for something for two years. Cool. But, um, but now I have all the accessories for it. Um, whenever I build, I'm going to build, uh, two more workbenches, like the one behind me after this one. And I think I will, um, I'm going to build a smaller one just for the HL850. That way I can, I can leave it permanently, um, out onto the bench unit. The nice, the nice thing, Ben, looking back at that bench is your, if you build two more, you're going to have a lot of horizontal space for clutter. Actually, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not, and, and I and I thought about that because looks really organized right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, because it's waiting on the other bench. Yeah, I'll um, just be able to spread it out across three. <laughs> no, one is going to be for the Glowforge. Another one's going to be for the for the Conturo. Oh, cool. Um, and then cool. the one that I'm going to do in the corner is going to be for the Shaper. So okay. every every main tool that I use, it's going to have its own little workstation. So. Those oh, tools wow. will permanently be there, so it's not going to be some place that I can put things because I need that space for that. That okay. Big tool. I got another question right behind you. You see that little window? What is that stepped piece right here? It's a piece of wood. It looks like a, behind your head. Behind your right head. Right there. No, behind the other your head. Way. No, behind the he your head. Behind your head. Literally. <laughs> oh, that. Yeah, yeah behind your head. I'm sorry. The only direction the behind your yeah. head. That's yeah. that's my domino jig. Oh, cool. Hang on, let me, let me get it. Is that wow? That fits on your domino for three quarter material. Huh. I, I think cool. you just opened up a whole other so, can of worms there, Sedge. I did. I did. Sorry. So, Sedge, what what what's the what are some of the things you're saying that jigs always save you? Time. Yeah. So, I this jig. It's measured out at 150, 250, 350, 450. So whenever I'm marking panels for dominoes, instead of having, cause I'm, it, everything's about references and that was in one of your, your recent videos, Jason, right? So when I'm doing glue ups for panels and I have butt joints, this comes in handy because I can quickly mark where I want my dominoes to go. I use the same side or the same reference face for all of my panels and it, it makes it quick for me to, to do my dominoes. You, should, you know what you ought to do, Ben? It's a good idea. You ought, to, you ought to make plans for that and put them on your, uh, yeah. on your website. Yeah, this yeah this, this will be yeah, one of the before, ones that, that before I Before any of mine. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my, my dining room table video has only you been know, out for like you know, a month. Sedge, Jason, Jason always gives me crap about not making this plan for the table that you guys installed a few weeks ago. Yeah. He's never talked about price. Never. Ah. I shouldn't have to talk to you about price. You should set the price and tell me what it is. I can tell you what I would have paid you. 
Five thousand. No, I'm not going to tell you on the air. But five thousand dollars. That's what I want. I, I can. I was going to pay you more than I could hire somebody on what's that damn website that does like the logos Fiverr? and Fiverr. Yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't know that that was a thing, but wow. I just I don't want to deal with that. I'd rather do it with somebody yeah. that I know. What, what's well, the name I of that? Kind of like. What's the name Fiverr? of that website? Tinder. Fiverr. Tinder. White House. Kind of like Tinder. Kind of like Tinder. Whitehouse.com. Jason. Woodwork, woodworkersonly.com. Jason. You'll never be what? lonely at woodworkersonly.com. What is your favorite festival? And please enlighten us why. All right. So I'm going to go with an answer that is not the one I wanted to because I know what yours is. So for the podcast's sake, I'm going to tell you. And I'm going to, the reason why will explain why I like it so much. For me, it's the Contouro. Wow. Yes. I was using one today, all day. Which, again, this would not have been my choice. However, uh, the reason I'm saying the Contouro is because it, it is definitely not one of the most used tools in my shop. However, every time I use that thing, it's fun. Like, mm -hmm. I, I truly feel like that is one of the funnest tools to use period and the other thing that's so great about it is it does its job really really good um specifically if you're using the entire system yeah right obviously 100%. that's that that's what makes it so quick oh yeah for sure um especially when you're using it with the vaccess as well correct is that part of the system Yep. Uh, well, yeah, for sure. Sorry, I had to turn my volume up there. It went down for some it, reason. That makes it wicked easy, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is really... It's just a joy to use, and it, and it just do, it does what it's designed to do so well, and it's so simple to, to do. Um, I was very intimidated by it initially, and then, you know, you came over and uh, kind of walked me through, like, how to go through the whole process, and then when I got mine... I took a couple of minutes and, and you know, just kind of remembered some of the things that, that you had told me about it. And it just, like, instantaneously came back to me. And it was so simple. Like, mm -hmm. it, it's, such, it's such an intuitive machine. And there's something about, like, the way that it puts the glue on, uh, the whole process, you know, trimming the ends and then taking the router on top of that and trimming everything perfect. And when you have that router dialed in, it like it makes edge banding more enjoyable like i hate doing edge banding i hate it if i have to do one piece of edge banding i would much rather break out the contour even though you have to wait for it to heat up and all of this stuff it just so does the job really good and i know it's going to do the job good you have to um, do that with an iron anyways right if you're doing and I press hate on that. oh it's it's horrible i i have to use on these projects i have to use uh well, I don't have to but i have like 250 feet of glue on red oak edge banding but it's like right at 18 millimeters it's not there's no overhang oh, wow. so I, I can't i can't use it with the contour it it just goes all over the place so i'm kind of sad about that what with the edge banding that you have yeah because it's it is the exact width of of the material that i'm using there's no there's no overhang at all and so if i if i, I, if, I if i can't it up at all mm. it it 
it messes it up. So, but it, but the the offset of the uh, the plate to the uh, banding itself is you can't do it because you're going to leave a millimeter at the bottom if yeah. it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it leaves it a millimeter proud. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why I was saying that I need that that overhang. So I need at least yeah. twenty mil. If there was a that, woodcraft closer to me, I, it wouldn't be an issue. But I don't feel like driving two hours just for edge banding. I mean. It, Edgeco. You can order com. yeah, order it from Edgeco. The yeah. only thing I don't like about Edgeco is you can't make a small order. Yeah. Um, you've got to get a a two fifty or five hundred roll from them. Yep. Yeah. And but it's they, about I the think, same cost as the twenty five foot pre glued. Yeah, yeah, no joke. But then it's like I have a few, you know, I bought some of the melamine ones and I, I knew I wasn't gonna need or the laminate ones. I knew I wasn't necessarily gonna need that much, but now I have these massive rolls and you know, it's it's rare that I'm going to be doing projects, you know, with melamine. So, but it, it, it's not like it costs a ton. It would have cost me just as much to to order them. But that's my answer. I I really like the Contouro. Eventually, I'd like to do a video and stuff on it. But uh, I mean, I've done videos that it's in it talking about edge banding. But it, I think people are just so immediately turned off to it because of how expensive it is. <laughs> it's it's a very s specialized tool. If you're yeah. just a weekend woodworker and you edge band like once every three months, I definitely do not think it's the tool uh, for you, unless mm. you just really like to have awesome tools. <laughs> <laughs> Which is me. Yeah. Wow. All right, Sedge, what is your favorite tool from Festival and why? Okay. It was, uh, it's the track saw, and uh, it was my first purchase um, when I was in the cabinet shop. And to the, that back then it was called the ATF 55. Mm -hmm. And then about two years later, Festival came out with the TS 55 EQ, and then the TS 55 REQ, and then the TSC REQ, and now the TS 55. Oh my God. Uh, KEB. Oh, what is it? <laughs> TSC 55 KEB. KEB. Yeah. yeah. And that's what you have, right, Jason? Yes. The newest, newest version. And there's there's a couple of reasons. One of them I kind of just alluded to. We were the, I always say we because I do work for Festool. We were the uh, company that first came out with the track saw. And we were somewhat laughed at for quite some time, especially here in the States. Now everybody's building one. But um, to this day, every time I cross cut with it, I get giddy because of that laser cut on veneered plywood with no splintering whatsoever. It's just an amazing cut. Yeah. It really is. And I did allude to it because we keep improving the saw. It's amazing. And and I, I got to be very careful because I kind of know what's coming. And we're going to keep improving all our tools. We'll keep, well, there's a chance we'll improve the Contoro. But I'll tell you what. When I first saw that Contoro, guys, before we released it, I saw it like six years before release. I saw the prototype. And I was so impressed that we just didn't release the Contoro, which is a edge banding applicator. But we came out with an entire system. Yeah, we called it the perfect edge. I mean edge. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I actually have an advertisement that they, they did a thing, the perfect sedge, but whatever. I was so impressed that we just didn't say, hey, listen, this is an edge band applicator. We came out with the cutter, the polishing system for it, the guillotine for it, 
the uh, I love the, that thing, man. It, the guillotine. It's, it's so it's, satisfying to use. It's it's amazing, but even everything in that kit works. So, uh, yes, I'm very passionate about the Festool brand. I think everybody on the planet knows that. But that track saw, it 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 was my first purchase, and it saved me about two days of work or rework, and I was sold on the Festool system. And I was a cabinet maker in Fort Lauderdale. I I, I was la I was laughing at the at the dealer Eddie. Uh, when he told me it was 430 bucks, I was buying lacquer thinner from him, <laughs> you know, five-gallon pails. And uh, I said, what the hell is that stuff? And he, he showed me the cut. I went, oh, that's impressive. He tilted the saw. That's what I was impressed with because it cuts on the same line. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, how much? He said, 430 bucks. I said, oh, you got to be kidding me. I walked out. And about five weeks later I walked back in and I bought it because I was in the middle of a big build and it didn't come out right but I remember when you tilted that saw so it was I, I tell the story a lot uh, so many times I don't want to tell it again tonight but what took me two and a half days of jig making to make beveled cuts on sheet goods to build uh, a half octagonal set T I recut the whole thing in about two hours with that track saw mm -hmm. you think I was sold on the Festool brand they yeah. couldn't sell me a dust extractor, but boy, after about maybe another three or four weeks, I went and dropped another six grand worth of Festool, of money on Festool. I was so sold on that brand. And it was funny is now I work for Festool. <laughs> yeah. And I get all this stuff to work with, you know, sometimes a year or two prior to release. And I'm just to this day, it's like today I was cutting with the track saw. I, I had to come home and cut some stuff. Uh, here and I was back and forth between the shop at home and the shop here and I'm just like man I uh, that saw is amazing so I could go on and on and on and on <laughs> but you I, know, I think we when, all could especially about the track saw I mean that yeah like said you were saying earlier how there's just that laser uh, crisp cut that you get with it and that that was the, the thing that sold me on picking up because the, the track saw the TS75 that was my first festival purchase and that's the exact reason why I bought it is because the cuts that I was getting with uh, my table saw, it just, I just was not happy with it. I was not getting the quality that I wanted to, to be able to fabricate. And once I got that track saw, that's when everything changed. That's yeah. when the quality of what I made changed, the speed at which I made things, the precision, all of that changed the minute I got a track saw. Yeah. And it's all Jason's fault. I, I had people... Sorry. I had people in my guild coming up to me saying they'd come to my shop and they would go, is this a gimmick? And then I'd say, no, uh, I let them try it. And they'd go, oh my God, this is unbelievable. I, I, and we were laughed at. Festival was laughed at for so many years. Uh, they thought we were a boutique tool and now everybody's making a track saw. So at festival i'll just tell you really quick i'm supposed to say all of them i'm, I'm supposed to say I, they're all my favorites right but i, think I love all my children everybody on this planet <laughs> knows that i love that track so and and then of course i could i could name the other ones and right after that's the domino yeah and i i work Ooh. with that uh, yeah so uh, no perfect segue perfect segue ben and i talked about this because uh, I was telling him how I knew you were going to pick the track saw, which is why I wasn't because that was going to obviously be mine, too. But um, the domino, right? Uh -huh. The three of us 
who are all very into Festool. And what's the one tool with Festool that everybody raves about, everybody wants to see a demonstration on every time you go to a show? It's the domino. Uh-huh. So I just thought it was interesting. I was talking to Ben, and I'm like, none of us are selecting the domino. I think people are going to be surprised by that. And I, yep. it's not because we don't like the tool and it's not revolutionary. It, it does one thing. Yeah. And, uh, and not, not, to, not to disparage it. I mean, it does that one thing incredibly well, you know, what it gives you. But it just does one thing. Right. You know, it makes you it quick. Does, it does a lot of different joints. Yeah, and It allows you because of the angled fence and now of the connectors. It right, is, for sure. It does, it does a lot. But what you're Ben, you're right. It cuts a mortise. Yeah, yeah. it's joint. Yeah, it's that's, joinery that's I mean specific. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, with that being said, I mean the Contouro. You could argue the Contouro is you know edge banding specific, right? Um, mm. It's a glue applicator. Yeah, but it, it, I mean, it just that's the only thing you use it for. Period. Now there are there's more that you can do with a Domino than obviously a, a Contouro, right? Um, I just thought it was interesting, and I. <laughs> I think people will probably be surprised that none of us mentioned the domino and it's, and guys, I don't know what's going on with my mic, but it keeps dropping volume automatically. Um, it, I'm still within the range, but I just, I, I kind of thought about that because I love the domino. Like I, there's nothing bad. That I can't think of anything negative to say about the domino, nothing. It's like, how is that not all of our first pick, right? Um, it's a dream to use every time I use it. It's extremely accurate. It does the job very well. It makes assembly of things much easier. It makes alignment of things perfect. Mm-hmm. And it was like, that was not, that was the one thing that none of us mentioned as, as our, as our favorite to use. I just at, thought that was interesting. At lunch, I used to, during classes, I used to ask everybody, what's your favorite Festool? If I knew they were Festool users, you would be surprised what people pick it's just amazing. I'm just like, really? I think that's cool. Like a lot of people here and there would say my favorite tool is the CXS drill. Oh, I love it. I do too. I love it, man. Ben, do you sleep with that baby? I love it, man. This thing is so awesome to use. Like just the ergonomics of it. Like, look at that. It feels like a little pistol in my hand. Look at that. It's amazing. It's a very, it's on it. Sedge. Like initially when I heard that question, I was like, man, I feel like we're going to be done with that one really fast, which is fine, but it's, it's actually really hard It is because the, again, the tracks all for me, right? Mm-hmm. But I wanted to talk about the Contouro, which I love using. It's so much fun. We just discussed the Domino. There was a part in my head. Uh, there was a, a time where I was thinking the OF 1400. I think the OF 1400 is the best router on the market period because of what it's capable of when being used with the festival system. I don't use it as much as my track saw. Like my track saw is the thing that I use the most next to that would probably be a domino next to that would probably be the router taking out the drills and all of that. But it's, it's, it's a really hard because I, I love, I love all of them for different reasons. RO one fifty. That's that's one of my favorites, the Rotex RO150. You know, I'll I'll be honest with you. Uh, the Rotex is my least favorite sander that I have from them. Wow. How come? Here's why. Um, I have the 125, right? Mm-hmm. When I was 
when I bought it, I will say that it served me very well, but because I felt like I needed it more, specifically in the Rotex mode, mm -hmm. rotary mode, gear-driven mode, now I don't. Uh, I know why. I know why. And I don't like using it as a random orbital sander because I have the ETS-EC, and it's much more enjoyable to use. Mm. Um, it's, it's large. Again, fantastic sander. If you're trying to remove material, I, I, I don't think there's a better option on the market. Um, but I just don't find myself doing that that much anymore these days because of the uh, maybe the increase in skill, maybe the increase in tools that I have that allow things to line up better. Wide planer. Wide planer. Wide, yeah. wide jointer, right? Yeah. That's why I would say because you can thickness that material and take a lot of that roughness away. You've got a killer jointer, an over-under machine, yeah. right? Yeah, that, no, I mean, I, that might be a, a big reason why, yeah, for sure. I mean, again, yeah. don't get me wrong. It's a great sander when I need it. Yep. I mean, it's it's exactly what I need. Mm -hmm. um, but it's the one I reach for the least, for sure. Yeah. I'm now. Be, yeah. I think, I think I'm think i shooting for Christmas break. I got, you know, that big slab of ash I got. I think I want to start working on my desktop for the office. And that Rotex is going to come in wicked handy. Yeah, that, right. that's what I was... That's what I was about to say is, like, I love my EC, uh, uh, ETS-125. I, I have thought about picking up a Rotex just because I had the 125 before. Um, but I'm, I'm still working with so many sheet guns that I haven't even really touched any hardwoods or slabs or anything that I feel like needs to be flattened. But whenever I oh, did We know you've it, touched hardwood. <laughs> oh, my God. Time. All the time. <laughs> What, what Sedge? I was Jason, talking about I've, walnut. Jason, I've touched your hardwood. I like chestnuts. A chestnut. Oh, jeez. <laughs> this is a real professional podcast we got here, guys. <laughs> okay, so I didn't want to go off on too big a tangent. That was a slippery slope when we started talking about Festool. So no, I, mean, it, I didn't want it, this to be the good. Festool podcast. I, now, now I, I think that there's a huge difference in our favorite tool and then the tools that make the most difference in the shop. I think oh, those yeah, are yeah. two very different, two very different, um, propositions to make because, you know, if, if it were the latter, definitely the domino that has made such a huge impact, mm -hmm. the, the domino, the track saw and, and the Contouro, those three things have saved me so much time, so much time. Mm -hmm. And you get accurate results and all this stuff. But I'm not like I'm access to, yeah. Now I'm trying to think what's made and, the biggest and, and, and the difference, Jason's, you know, and then if we're going to say, what is the most used tool in my shop? Mine is the CT 26. That ah, is the most used tool yeah. in my shop. Cause I hook yep. it up to everything. It gets more yeah. use than any other tool. That's true. That yeah, that's a good point. It's funny though when you you really could like take this so many different ways, and the answers would oh. be could be very, different. Very different. Yeah. Um, to me, again, for especially since I, I got the TSC fifty five K, like I just love using that damn track saw. Uh -huh. I mean, it's I, I had a thing. Go ahead. Well, 
the video that's coming out uh, this week, I, it was talking about tools and the, the track saw is the last thing that I, I talked about and like what it's capable of. I had a little blurb in there talking about, you know, people are like, well, because of your comment that you made, you know, like what can the track saw replaces the need for a table saw prove me wrong. And it like mm -hmm. made the world explode. World War III, um, yeah. <laughs> it's funny because you, you like literally, I, I think the conversation that, or the, the, the thing that people immediately res, uh, resort to when, when you propose that to them is, you know, you can't do a dado. Yeah, you can, you just can't do it with a dado blade, right? You can't cut bevels. Yeah, you can't cut bevels. You can't. You can't cut angles. It's like, first of all, is that a real you, question? Like, what? are you dumb? You, you can't. What? You can't do, yes. Do they actually say that? Oh, 100%. oh you, you got to go look at. Like, you got to oh, go look at the. You can't cut bevels uh, with a truck saw. Of you can't cut miters. You can't do compound cuts. I'm like, you can literally yeah, do all it, those. That's like, why. How is? That's why I'm not allowed on the festival owners group. I haven't been on there in probably eight years, because some of the comments on there, I could answer in two seconds. But I won't. I want. I want it to be an open forum, and I'm not allowed to go on there now because yeah. some and, and just some sometimes people just don't get it. Well, that wasn't on the festival owners group, was it, Ben? That was on a. No, that was on Facebook. Oh. That was like that was on like the general woodworkers yeah. Facebook groups. Really, woodworkers woodworking for beginners. That was the one. Yeah, oh, was it really? Oh yeah. man, so, so they you don't know. know. And they and know. you can, I like I the question I. It's not it's not um, challenging capabilities because it clearly isn't. It's challenging people's beliefs, and that's why it blew up. Oh yeah. Uh, so let me ask this question real quick. I I know we're the the topic is still fine, right? We're, like we're we're talking about festival related things, and and I I think this is good. Let me ask a question. So everybody argues that you know a track saw can't do right. They're just they're saying you can't do it. Not saying, well, it could be done. It just would not be as easy or as effortless as a table saw, right? Because I think that's the real argument. And the fact is, is that a track saw can basically do everything that a table saw can do. 100%. Um, tell me something that a track saw can do that a table saw can't do. Trim floors. There's one. What else? Cut splinter free consistently over and over and over. <laughs> okay. What else? Put it easily in the back of a car. Also true. What can you trim in uh, that's already hung? Yeah, in place. You, you can cut uh, a larger uh, hole in a, a double oven or a pantry can, uh, cabinet. Uh, you can to punch put cut. It in, yeah, you can. You can do so much more. You plunge can, yeah, cut. Good. Trim I mean, doors. Oh no, let, no, you can, you can plunge cut with yeah, the table yeah, saw. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's, that's on the back of my stuff. It's a drop yeah, cut. <laughs> Yeah, that's why I'm backing myself. You can do a plunge cut. However, yeah. can you, you, do you can't do that on on fixed items. You can't do that exactly something pre-existing or pre-installed. So, but um, the reason I brought that up is because you never hear the flip side of it, right? Oh, yeah, it's yeah, always yeah, right. the other argument. It is always yeah. the no. The track saw can't do that. It cannot. Wait, how that's many not guys? True. How many guys do you think we would need to have to lift up Jason's saw stop to like plunge cut into a? Into okay. a cabinet. Into a double yeah. oven. Probably Did 10, you guys see dudes. the video? All right, flip it on. Yeah. Flip it on. Let's go. <laughs> Lift it. <laughs> Did you guys see the video uh, that was like going viral on Instagram and, and TikTok and everything? And it's 
it's a dude like cutting a piece of plywood with a DeWalt contractor saw turned upside down on the flat surface and pushing the table saw through. No, no joke. That's awesome. Really? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, there's a there's a way to do it, I guess. Yeah. Anyway. No, I just thought we kind of did like completely go off rails, but I think we were done talking about our favorites. But it's just interesting, like the perspective that people have. And then yeah. on top of that, the pure hatred that people have for a, a, a brand drives me nuts. It's not you nearly guys, as prominent now as it used to be, though. Have you guys seen um, uh, over in Europe, they have that DeWalt saw? You might made me think of this, uh, where it's it's kind of like an over under. You flip it around, and it's a, a table saw, and then you flip it over on the other side, and it's a miter saw, chop saw. No, it's pretty cool. They no. had that. Oh yeah, you should see some of the cool uh, portable machines they have over at some of these dealers in Europe. It's pretty wild. Yeah, they get a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, yeah and they it, do. And that's yeah, that's the thing is like. You know what's what's our only one claim to fame saw stop and that's it you know and now we can't even do that anymore because it's available in europe but you know for years well i guess dado stacks too but um you know that's the thing is like you, you look at europe and like man they've got so much cool stuff and then you look at us and you're like well, what do we have no. well we got a couple sanders we got a domino we got Sean Scott <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like europe is like the new the new world order for like tool you know, design and stuff like that. And then America's just like the bunch of old farts that work at woodcraft behind the counter, you know, like we call it here in the United States litigation. Jeez, man. You know, the people who are, you know, that are just nasty towards festival and just can't get over it. You know who they are? I have many ideas of, or many profiles that I could dip into. I'm, that I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say. They're the guys that use Milwaukee. I would say that they're the people that are that are um, in a substantial. That was a special plug for somebody. Jab at somebody. I should <laughs> oh, say. Oh, your star major. No, I don't know what you're talking about. I just know that he. Oh, freaking! Oh, damn! Loves red. This, this is going to kind of segue nicely into it. So, you guys got the text I sent today. Like, I'm so surprised that even somebody that has a lot of festival can still make crappy furniture. I thought you were talking about me, Ben. No, I was watching a video earlier. I was, I was just uh, looking for some references, and this this person was it was about uh, sustainer storage ideas, and um, <laughs> this guy made this ten foot tall cabinet for sustainers. Puts the heaviest sustainers at the very top, and people Why are like, "Why would you do that?" They're like, "As soon as you do that, it's gonna topple over on you." But it just like the quality of the bill was just terrible. And I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that he was maybe a new woodworker and he just had access to a lot of funds where he could buy festival. And then it made me think of that one post sedge that I, I asked you about probably last year, there was this, this doctor on the festival owners group. Um, that was like, Hey, I'm selling all my stuff. I just bought $30,000 worth of festival. I'm selling it because I just suck at woodworking. Um, you know, it, it just tools ultimately don't matter. It's skills. That's what really matters. Absolutely. hundred percent. You can have, you can have the best top of the line stuff. If you don't know what you're doing, you're going to make crappy products. You're going to make oh, crappy projects. Absolutely. And so Jason, whenever I hear people that are bickering about festival and, and some, some of the reasons that they are, or some of the, the 
complaints that they bring up are valid. You know, some things are pricey for what they do. However, you're not necessarily paying for what it does. You're paying for how it does it and how quickly and how accurately it does it. And so the, to me, the people that, that complain about it are the people that, that are okay with mediocrity in my eyes, in my eyes. Now there are some people that do fantastic work, um, that don't buy Festool. However, they buy other top quality brands. That's just not, it's not Festool. You know, so those people, they are investing in, in top quality tools. You know, they're not going out and buying the Ryobis and the, the Milwaukee's, whatever the other brands are. But again, the people that are saying, oh, that's just stupid. Why would you pay that much for a track saw? Like it, it almost segues into the tolerances conversation, which we had like in the very beginning of the podcast where it's like some people's tolerances for like what is actually good is incredibly low. And so they're not looking for, or they, they can't, in their minds, they can't, um, they can't justify the purchase of an expensive tool because that's not the results that they're looking for. Just like the video that I watched today where this guy had literally a tower of Festool in sustainers, and what he made was just crappy looking. Like, I looked at it, and I was just cringing. I'm like, man, you have access to all these tools, and everything's out of square, and... It doesn't look good and everything, all the veneers are sanded through. It's just, wow. you know. Yeah. But again, like you said, I mean, you did make it known because that was going to be my response when you started talking about it. I was like, the tools don't make the woodworker. He, he could just, that goes back to conversation like, well, the majority of us uh, normal people can't afford stuff. And that like how that upsets me because it's like, you know, Bill Gates started, you know, or Elon Musk says, I'm going to start woodworking today. He could buy like, he could buy festival, right? Mm-hmm. So it would, but it doesn't mean he's going to be a good woodworker to start off. No, um, not at all. It's some people just like the hobby and they like to have nice things. You know, I mean, I'm not an expert on anything woodworking related. And Ben, I already know you're going to come Clearly. up with some snazzy. Yep, there it is. Clearly, you're not. So, yeah. And I invested a ton of money in festival because I like it and I know what it is and I know what the company is. But, um, uh, to, to go back to, a, I had a conversation um, again with my Sergeant Major the other day. He actually brought up a good point, and it's something I never really thought about before. Um, and I know I bash on him, like, you know, and, and being a Milwaukee user and all that stuff. But a comment that he made that makes a lot of sense to me is, like, think of the guys in the trades, right? Guys that are on the job site every day. Uh, they're running their tools all day long. If you were to be out on a job and you were using a Festool T18, okay, let's just say that, and it breaks and you need another, you need to replace that drill like immediately versus the guy who's using a DeWalt or a a Milwaukee or a Makita or a Ryobi or a Rigid or whatever the, the brand is that are available in all the big box stores. Which one do you think is easier for him to go replace immediately? Oh, yeah, the, the one that's oh. in the big box store. It's all about availability. Yeah, yeah for and, sure. And we know that. We right. That, know and I, that. That, is not, that is not a knock on Festool. Nope. Festool is nope. on a different level, right? Like their tools yeah. are not priced the same. Their tools are a different quality. The availability is not for the masses, let's just say at this point. Mm-hmm. So that could be a driving factor for a lot of people. 
Um, and because of that, they might, that might drive their reasoning behind why they go with certain tool brands because readily available, um, easily replaceable, um, maybe the fact that they're burning through the tools a lot or whatever the case is. Right. I, I just, yeah. I and thought then, that was interesting cause I never really thought about it like that. Yeah. And sometimes just not a rebuttal to it. I'm not, I just, <clears throat> what we have found is that when we would hear that and then somebody does make that leap to like a T18 or TID, right? We have found that, oh, these do last longer out on a job site. They, yes, Vestal has a better warranty. It's got a quicker turnaround than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, I have a backup. I'm not replacing my tool. But I totally understand that point of view where somebody buys that out of a big box and they can go and get another one right away. But I, is that a peace of mind? I don't know. No. Because it's not yeah. a peace of mind for me. I want it's, something that I don't have to go to back to that big box yeah. on a regular basis. I want something that will last. I want a company that stands behind that. But 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 believe me, you're, you're, what you're telling me is exactly what we talk about is, you know, where you know availability 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 so yeah no i I think that's now with now with um some of our uh online retailers and they sell through uh amazon it's readily available for people next day you know because a lot of people have prime yeah yeah you know so stuff like that so there's yeah no no i i I agree with that i i was just it was interesting because it was never no. that was never something I looked at. I was never like, yeah. But I, for me, but again, I'm not on the job site every day, and like yeah. I, you know, I I buy the tools that I buy because I believe in that brand, and I think that's what everybody does, right? Mm-hmm. If you're a Milwaukee guy or a Dewalt guy or whatever the case is, you know, you find that brand, you stick to it, and then you kind of get like this passion about it, and that's what you're going to do. But the availability piece, I just never really. I was like, man, that's. I can go to multiple stores and find this, but you know, you're right. One may last longer than the other, but the availability, yeah. I mean, that that's a concern. It could drive people. Oh, it does. It does. And Cause people and, buy it by people buy tools because of availability and what mm-hmm. they see in home cheapo and Schlows and all those companies. Schlows. <laughs> what were you going to say, Ben? Um, I just bought the TID 18, <laughs> uh, about a week and a half ago. And, because I, I needed to take the deck apart. Um, that that's that's my first. Um, what's it's is it Airstream? That's the battery, right, Sedge? Yeah. For the TID. Yeah. Um, so that's the first, and this kind of is going into the cordless tracks, all that both you guys have, um, or at least have access to. I I had no idea that that battery charges that fast. Thirty like, minutes. It is it is quick. Yeah. Like I, I was like, holy crap. Like I was concerned with the HK or the, uh, not the HKC, the, uh, the TSC, the new one, TSCK. Uh-huh. I was like, cause I, you know, I've, I've been looking at it and there's a couple of dealers that are north of me that, that have them in stock now. I was like, man, it'd be really awesome to have a TSCK just for the simplicity of it. And I was like, I'm really worried about batteries and stuff like that. But man, after charging that Airstream. Yep. Well, like, the, uh, you on your if it's a T, it's the TID. That's not true Airstream. That's um, but it is a, a oh maybe it is. It's the 4.0 HD. 
which is unbelievable. It charges in 30 minutes. Yeah. I can't I mean, believe how quick it charges and yeah. how long it lasts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I get, was, I get, I get so mixed up with the batteries these days because we're, we're always upgrading the insides of them. It's, it's crazy. The, the battery technology, is amazing. We can all equate that to the Tesla or the EV. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's amazing how it's all changing. Yeah, you should you should see what's in the future for cordless at Festool. It's amazing. Uh, I'm just blown away what's coming out next year, the year after that, and the year like, after that. Like cordless phones. Are you guys. <laughs> huh. I say Cord, cordless phones. Definitely what he was talking about. You sh- you'll be surprised. Cordless planer, cordless capex, cordless, cordless MFT. <gasps> I knew it. Cordless MFT. Cordless MFT. Cordless hand sanding blocks. <gasps> Cor- <laughs> cordless hand sanding. Cordless router bits. <laughs> wow, man, festival is just really innovative. In I can't. I can't wait to see the 2022 catalog to see Jason not in it because I'm so tired of hearing him say, "Hey, check this out." I'm in the yeah, catalog. no big deal. <laughs> you know, I probably MBD. won't be because uh, I don't. I don't remember seeing them do a, a picture thing uh, this year for next year's catalog. Hmm. You do you know I have never been in a festival catalog. Well, well let's, I told let's you just... I was. I told you I was. You know better than you so you are yeah <laughs> you are i might as well let's, come take that let's job. just discount all the videos that you've been in the festival channel for the last decade such so let's just <laughs> yeah let's just forget all that yeah <coughs> let's just forget about the 80 something lives that you've already been do in you so. 75 this week oh, do 75. you know do you know i actually festival sedge videos uh i'm over 700 on wow. Instagram or on yeah, yeah on in, on Instagram on a festival sedge Instagram I can't believe I've done seven hundred of them that's nuts man it's fun man it takes me what who is it minute. who is it that has to write out all the stuff that you say is that Min Min or oh <laughs> on uh, the festival lives yeah that's Min yeah Min Min. all the scripting yeah man, it's a tough job yeah no there's no scripting on festival sedge <laughs> I think you know that. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> I, uh, okay, what's next? Um, I, think, I think that's it. Yeah, that's that's it. Are we gonna well, do? Are we gonna do a call out of? Uh, oh yeah, cool people on Instagram. One of you guys needs to go because I haven't picked that. Pick mine. I have not either. I'm actually looking right okay. now. I'll go. All right, go ahead, Sedge. Okay, so I met <clears throat> this lady, and I was so impressed. I met her at. Okay, I think it was IWF, and I think it was like three or four years ago. Her name, she's from Texas. Her name is Leslie Webb, and you can find her at Leslie Webb Design. Okay, and now she's opened her own um, uh, tool company called Heartwood Tools, all one word. This is her design on a chair blew me away she's a a furniture designer um furniture builder and just an amazing individual fantastic uh person go follow her her design i think you'll like her ben because she has a lot of um 
uh, modern designs that you like. Oh yeah. And, and she also is. Uh, she went to um, the uh, Center of Furniture Craftsmanship up in uh, Rockport, Maine. Uh, Peter Cohen School. She's 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 really good, and she inspires me with her design. Yeah, so I want to call her out. Me. She's wonderful. She's got really cool stuff. Yep. Yeah, good designer, good furniture builder. Oh man, I feel so unprepared for this uh, this week, which is unlike me. I, f- I feel like I well, I already had somebody in the queue, but Ben stole it last week. Oh, I told myself that I would search for it whenever Jason was just talking about something stupid, but sadly he hasn't talked about anything stupid yet, so I didn't have any time to, <laughs> to look. Wow. Wow. All right, oh, so I know it is. I know it is. It's what? Not on Instagram. It's not on Instagram, though. Are you going to do like a YouTube channel? Yeah, it's a YouTube channel. All right, you go Go ahead. Um, you know, I just want to make sure that I'm getting... Uh... Okay, so... Um, there are a few channels that I really like or really enjoy watching and it's videos where they don't do any talking. It's just a little bit of light background music and then them just building something. Um, and square rule furniture is, um, the one that I think everybody should check out. I mean, it's, it's, um, I want to make sure that I'm getting the country right because it's either Japan or Korea. Um, South Korea. So if, if you guys ever heard of Ishitani furniture? Yes. Okay. So Japanese furniture maker, All right? They make very similar videos. Um, but again, it's based out of South Korea and it's just, it's just him and his, his storefront shop. And he just makes various pieces of furniture. They're all, uh, modern, a lot of joinery, um, or a lot of hand cut joinery. And it's just, to me, it's very relaxing because, again, he's he's not talking. He's not talking about sponsorship. He's, he's not throwing stuff at you. It's just him in a shop and he's making something. And right. you know, the very beginning, you know what he's making, but how he makes it, the, the, the some of the equipment that he uses isn't available to us. Um, but it's just really cool to watch how other people in different parts of the world do the same thing but just in a slightly different way. And so for me, and said you've talked about it before, how you would watch someone make something that you already knew how to make, but they do this one particular thing in a certain way. And you're like, that's really good. I want to use that the next time I make something. Yep. And yep. that's what's to me, that's, what's really, um, that's what I really enjoy about watching channels like that is because again, nobody's talking, nobody's throwing anything at you. You're just like, mm-hmm. Oh wow, he's doing this. He's doing that. It's, it's all very visually and audibly stimulating to watch. So cool. square rule furniture on YouTube. Square I don't, I don't, I don't even know if he has an Instagram. Um, but I just, I just watch his YouTube videos all the time. He probably is nice. on Instagram. All right, Jason, who do you got this week? Um, I have, uh, somebody who I've, I've actually met, um, Paul from copper pig, fine woodworking. And it's copper underscore pig underscore fine underscore woodworking. Um, I got to meet him down at uh, Stevie Esler, Steve, built by Stevie. I got to mm-hmm. meet him and uh, a bunch of people came in, Jason Hibbs or Jason Hobbs, excuse me. Um, Jason Hobbs. Keith Johnson. Uh, they all came in for like a weekend, you know, get together just to hang out. And I just happened to be at uh, 
Fort Knox at the time. So I, I drove down and, <clears throat> and hung out with them and I got to meet Paul, uh, super cool guy, but you've got to see the stuff that he Dude, makes. One of these, this is like, it makes my eyes tweak out. Yeah. So what, so what's the account again? He's a big hand tool guy. Just, uh, this is, this is what, two weeks or three, three times now. Um, copper I've done. underscore pig underscore fine underscore one. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Just type pig? in copper, copper, Co- just type in copper. copper. And when you type in copper, it should say copper pig, fine woodworking. Okay. I just type in copper pig. No, this I'm... is so bizarre, dude. Try wow. C-O-P-P-E-R underscore pig. Oh yeah. There it is. Yep. Following. Holy cow. Like he, oh, way cool. I, I don't know how he does it. I, I honestly don't. Uh, I mean, he has really cool videos of like showing the process I mean, on the things that he makes, but this it's, is, this is like some alm fab stuff. It looks like, you know, yeah, well, yes, except that it's not, he does a lot of pattern like plywood type stuff. Yeah. yeah. This is not that. This is like inlay a lot of. It's like brass and epoxy. He does a lot of uh, inlay stuff. I mean, it's just crazy. Like I, I look at it and I can't, I can't comprehend how he does it. Like it's just, I mean, super hand tool oriented for sure. But it's amazing. It's like artwork. You know what I mean? Yeah. This Mm -hmm. is really um, articulate stuff. Yeah, it's very difficult to to explain. Like you just have to go and look. Yeah, you have to go look at it. Yeah, you really have to go look at, at what oh, he does cool, to, to really understand what I'm talking about. But it's I'm telling it's you, unbelievable. That, that one post, it's like uh, 12 down or on the fourth or fifth. Yeah, the fifth row. Like just, just tilting your phone a little bit makes the oh, lines yeah, move. Oh, yeah, you're right. It. it makes the lines move. And that's not even playing the video. That's bizarre. Man, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, good dude. Really good guy. Um, and Square Rule is on. He is on Instagram. Oh, cool! Square. It's, it's just gonna... it's just Square Rule. Square. Is... Yep, Square Rule. Square Rule. Boom! Oh, there it is. Boom! All right. You know Following. what time it is. <laughs> oh yeah, I've got mine. I've got mine ready to go. <clears throat> Get bent. Get bent. It's, it's time. Man, I've got some doozies today. Let's hear them. Would you like me to go first? Yes. Uh, Sedge, before I start, do you have one tonight? Nope. Dang it. I can't wait I think, for the day. I think Sedge probably shadow blocks everybody that leaves a bad comment. Yeah. He only curates positivity. Ooh, you behave. Here we go. Speaking of track saws and my latest video. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Ben, you know one of the ones I'm going to read, or two of the ones that I'm going to read. Um, oh, the plywood one? Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Oh, yes. There was two almost identical, but <clears throat> here we go. This is on my How You Should Be Cutting Plywood video, right, which is doing awesome. You can do the same thing with a homemade cutting jig and a good saw blade. I use a 60-tooth and don't need a $700 track saw. I guess he missed like literally the four times in the video that I stated, you don't have to have any of this stuff. You just need to know what your reference is. You need to make sure this right here is square to this. (laughs) 
You just need the like, capability. That's all you need. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't have made it more clear. Thank you for your input, guy. Um, there, there's some really good ones on. I, I have so many because now I sorted it to where like I keep the one. I don't respond to these, so I can quickly reference them. But I, I want to find... <laughs> I'm going to read these two, and this is where I'm going to leave it. Ben, you you responded to one of them. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Same video. All of these are the same video today. Do you honestly think your first cut is any more accurate than the factory edge? Do oh, you my have, God. Oh, it gets better. Do you have proof that it's more straight? I don't think it is. I think you're just fooling yourself that you can do it better. The factory saws run thousands of feet of stock a day over the same non-movable blade every day and references to a machine set up using lasers over its full length the edges come off perfectly to each other with the only problem blade deflection you're not cutting any better an edge you're knocking the sheet out of 90 degrees at the ends and making a rectangular part I have a couple theories about that guy I'm like what? The, the, uh, a sheet good is never ninety degrees, you bonehead. <clears throat> apparently it is, and apparently the, Even, the edges that apparently the edges that come on the plywood are just as good as uh, a brand new cut edge. That's a guy who's never done, never done it. And Even then, if that plywood came back ninety degrees perfectly, those edges are going to be so marred up from transport. That it wouldn't even matter. You would still have to clean off the edge anyways. Well, people get super bent out of shape about like wasting material. Like, oh, I, I'm cutting an eighth of an inch off. What? I'm losing an eighth of an inch. Like, who? it's an eighth of an inch. Like, relax, man. It's not I, worth having a heart attack over. I got to have something left for my scrap wall, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Let me, let me read you the think next these one. Scraps, you think this wall of scraps is just going to build itself? It's not. I need more. <laughs> Here we go. This is th- this is a kind of a long one, and this will be the last one that I do. I promise. Okay. But some of these are just too good not to share, right? Same video again. <laughs> he really starts it off good. Overall, nothing makes sense in this video. Most people can get perfect panels with either a table saw or a track saw. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> Most factory edges are most often, he says most a lot, most factory edges are most often straight and 90 degrees. No, they're yes, not. Yeah, well, apparently they are because somebody told me. Never, ever. Yes, the cut is not fresh. But wait, the last guy said it was fresh. Okay, let me continue. Uh, and may, look, may not look very great mainly due to handling, on Ben's point. It's rare that the edges are not straight and out of square. Most of the time, if the edges are not going to be facing the front, they good enough for backs of cabinets, etc. If one does think one needs a fresh edge taking slight bit off like... <laughs> I can't do this. What's he cutting a Christmas tree for a fresh cut? I can't read this. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. What? Uh, <laughs> Holy cow. Um, (laughs) While you were at it. (laughs) (laughs) While you were at it, 
make the whole board square at least on one edge. Hold on, I'm not done. (laughs) Use the parallel guides to make perfect parallel cuts and then make the cross cuts. After spending a sizable amount of money on a track saw, aftermarket fence, aftermarket parallel guides, what's the point on going back to the table saw? Some people just have too much money and time at their hands. (laughs) You want to talk about somebody that's just angry, like... And I I should have read this beforehand because, yeah, I literally read that sentence exactly (laughs) how it was typed. I kind of want to do it again. (laughs) I don't know if I'd make it through it, though. There's there's sometimes people leave comments on uh, our YouTube channel, Sedge Tool, and I just look at it and I chuckle because I know they're intoxicated. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's... Think about... Think about those two comments that I just read, how they're both identical and these people have these theories that square, they're square edges. You know what? Go ahead and build and, and don't waste the time doing that. But both of them talked about how by me making that cut, I'm now throwing the panel out of square. And in that video, I go into detail explaining that it does not matter. It does not matter. I'm ripping everything first. I could cut it at a 30 degree angle. And I will still end up with a square panel because I'm using a reference edge every time. So, but they they can't grasp that. And these guys yeah. are like, as soon as you make that cut, now the ends aren't square. The ends don't need to be square. Nothing needs to be square at this point. I am squaring the material. I am doing it. Right? The a machine's not doing it, you know, and they come to you, here it is, it's perfectly square. You have to cut it out. It's how you go about that process to ensure that you have perfectly square panels. Like it just blows my mind. Like how people can be so, like, you know what it is? They watch like three minutes of the video, they leave the comment, and they leave. Good riddance, right? Bye. Um, I've had I've had people recently, and I'm sure you guys have it too. Where and I almost did it today with with Spagnolo's post, where you watch the first set of stories and it, you know, it's not that you're making a comment about what they're doing. Maybe they asked a question and like, I almost answered one of his questions about the shaper. I was like, well, hang on, let, let me watch it through and see if he already solved the issue before I, you know, inundate him with, with the same reply that he's probably already gotten. And sure enough, you know, two stories later, the problem gets solved and he, you know, didn't need my answer. And so that's the thing is like, people are not patient enough. Like as soon as they, as soon as they hear, see, or, or, you know, whatever, something that goes against their own beliefs, they just immediately go into attack mode as opposed to just watching the entire content, absorbing it, tossing it around and saying, okay, do I, you know, is there an argument here? Yeah. And, and, and who knows that person writing that Jason could be eight years old. Yeah. Jason. What do you yeah. think about that think, now? Think about it. Anybody can say anything. You just said no, that yeah, to yeah, a I child, Jason. I don't no, care. No, I just that no. That Joking. person could be eight. That could, that person could have never cut a piece of wood. They just they feel compelled to, to argue. Yeah, they could. I mean, that's that's not my like. It, it just it blows my mind. Like I don't care about the comments. I actually really like when people leave me stupid comments now because I get to read some of them <laughs> on this podcast. But. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just don't understand, to, to Ben, to go off what you were saying, and we should probably wrap this up here in a minute, but to go off what you were saying, like when people are giving advice, I think they're they're coming from a good place and they want to help out and give that yes. advice and be a part of it, right? Yes. When people are making sucks. stupid comments, it's just because they, don't, they want to start an argument, right? Yeah. Um, 
but I just get really irritated how people can be so close-minded, you know, and, and at the end of the day, I know that this is part of the job. That's fine. Uh, again, I love the fact that I get to read some of these comments because it makes me feel awesome. Um, <laughs> but it just, it, it's just really surprising. It's just really surprising to me that like people are just so narrow-minded about so many things in the world, not just the woodworking stuff, but it just, yeah. anyway, that's all another conversation. So well, let, let, let me get my comment and then we'll, we'll close it up. Oh, that's right. Crap. I'm sorry, Ben. All right. All right. So this is on my, uh, one of my very first videos on the channel, how to make perfect butt joints with the festival domino. <laughs> and butt this, joint. this person says, he said, but uh, he said, butt joint YouTube shows a black screen for 30 to 45 seconds. Check your options. If you set high lag options, you're dead on substance weak, way weak. Anyone who knows this gear is a light year ahead of you. Sure, hard to find what you do differently. Check Bourbon Moth. Sorry, I'm never a fanboy. I tell the truth. This video is not at all worth watching. I I think I remember that because didn't wow. you post it in your stories? And said, "Hey, Bourbon Moth, come get your subscriber." Yeah, one of, you, one of your subscribers <laughs> got out again. Come get come get it. Did he respond on that? Uh, no, I don't oh. even know what to say. I have nothing quirky to to add back. No. Wow. Just God, some people. Um, so I don't need to wow. check. I, like, I love this I, segment. I'm so glad we're doing I, it. And look, I went and looked in YouTube studio and I didn't see any settings that talked about high lag. So, uh, Mr. Boondock journeyman, if you would please tell me where high lag options are in YouTube. So uh, YouTube creator studio, please tell me cause I don't know. Um, better be careful. He might be a patron. I can't find that anyway. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> And then All right. Well, gonna, I did want to. I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try hard to find what you do differently. I will definitely yep. do that. So thanks for that advice. Yeah, appreciate it. Not. Um, I just wanted to to announce. Uh, Mike Coffee will be on here next week. Oh, okay. wicked cool. Yeah. Awesome. He will be Tuesday, right? Yep. Yes. Next week. Yep, cool. Tuesday. Yep. He'll be here. Alrighty. I won't be though because I refuse to talk to him. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. We wanted to thank everybody for joining us. You betcha. Sag, where can everybody find you? At, on Instagram, SedgeTool. On, <laughs> look, look, on YouTube, SedgeTool. Uh, we have SedgeTool.com. Listen to you. Okay, I ain't going to say it. <laughs> At Festool Sedge, Festool Shop Talk, uh, Festool USA YouTube. Uh, sedgetool.com swag is coming we're working on swag and what else um, that's it Jason where can we find you go to benswoodworking.com wow that's all you got yeah that's it I mean again Ben <laughs> people know people know where to go people know I'm Jason Bent uh, and then you can find me at Ben Marshall Designs on YouTube oh and on Instagram and MarshallDesignWorks.com. Um, if you are listening to this on Free Freeze, which is totally fine, totally understandable, um, make sure that you leave us a review and a rating wherever you Please. listen to these podcasts. That really helps out. We, we have been getting a lot of reviews in and ratings. Every time we, we post on Sundays to the Free Feeds, people leave us ratings and reviews. So thank you guys. Uh, and gals so very much for doing that it certainly helps out this channel um, and if you want to be inside the inner circle with the three of us come be a patron 
www.patreon.com forward slash green series podcast we've got all kinds of perks there you get early access to the show you get a couple shout outs uh, before each episode if you're a brand new patron and there may be some new perks coming in pretty soon so oh yeah make sure you check us oh, out on Patreon. Yeah. and um please consider becoming a patron because i really want to get new rims on my ferrari and look, oh these God. these payments, these three thousand dollar a month payments, they're starting oh to get. Oh my God! They're starting to they're starting to bear down a little heavy on me. Okay, yeah. these Raptors, they can't hold that that Lambo up any more than they can. Oh yeah. my God! I had to look up Lambo today <laughs> when you said that. I don't know what the hell a Lambo was. You do now. I do. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Toodles. Bye. Hey, this is Ben, co-host and editor of the Green Suiters Podcast. This episode is over, but if you want to hear more topics like this and you want to be a part of our conversation, head over to patreon.com forward slash Green Suiters Podcast for early access to each show. If you're listening to this on free feeds, be sure to leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.